Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this week we're super excited to have former Kentucky gymnast and NCAA gymnastics legend Jen Hansen on the show. Jen currently holds a share of the NCAA record for most perfect tens. She's tied with Jamie Dancher. And she's the only gymnast in NCAA history to win three consecutive NCAA all-around titles. So she joins us this week to talk about the pressure she felt during that time, how she feels watching Trinity Thomas approach her 10 record, and so much more. Before you start listening, we wanted to give you a little heads up that this interview was done on Zoom and there was a slight connection issue, so some parts might sound like they're cutting out a little bit, but we think you should be able to hear most of it still. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Jenny Hansen. I want to start by giving our listeners just a little bit of background on you because you're a total legend in the college gymnastics world. So you won three consecutive NCAA all-around titles. You're the only person in history to ever do that. You won eight NCAA titles total, nine SEC titles. You, of course, hold a share of the record for most perfect tens in NCAA history. You're a 13-time All-American at Kentucky, and you were inducted into the Kentucky Athletic Hall of Fame. So my first question to you you is why did you choose Kentucky because Kentucky is now kind of a program that's considered to be like on the rise and you know kind of contending with some of the best teams in the nation but back in your day it was really Georgia and Utah and Alabama those were kind of like the top teams so did you ever consider going to one of those schools or did you want to be a part of a smaller program Actually, I did. I went on a recruit trip to the University of Alabama. That was my first recruit trip. I mean, I was blown away by the program and everything of that sort. It didn't feel quite like me. I was uh, grew up on a farm, had horses. I consider myself still a country girl. So I think um, that Alabama vibe, even though it was spectacular program, it just wasn't my vibe. I also was recruited to Utah, Arizona. Um, Jim Galt was there at the time. Um, and I'm trying to thank you. And there's one other university that I recruited. And actually, Kentucky was my, because I think you got five visits, right? So Kentucky was my sixth visit and parents paid for me to go. My dad went with me. I don't know what it was. Um, I think it was horses, actually. I, I can't lie. I remember <laughs> going to a University of Missouri. It was, a what was it? It was a cat classic. And I remember seeing that bus. It, it's so crazy because it's so vivid to me. I remember seeing the bus and it, it said Kentucky. And on like the logo of Kentucky, it had these horses from the Y like running, galloping away. And I'm like, I'm going there. Not <laughs> yeah. even really you know, of it. But yeah, there, there it was. It was like, that was uh, the clincher, I guess. But I think that's so awesome, though, because we see so many gymnasts, I feel like looking at schools just because of gymnastics and, you know, factoring in schools that have the possibility to win a national championship. But you were looking at schools that kind of aligned with your personal interest and are a place that you could see yourself actually fitting in. And I think that's just super awesome. Yeah, I, I guess I, I I like that story. So thank you. <laughs> Um, I think, I think it was more so when I did go, the girls on the, um, I should say women, so sorry, I said girls, but, um, the women on the team who were my, um, host was still my best friends now. And I tell you, it wasn't, it was just their down to earth and just bubbly attitudes and 
the joy of being at the university and being part of an athletic team, that really made me feel like, whoa, this is, this is what I'm used to, you know? Yeah. So especially coming from club, I think that was a huge thing, but yeah. So you had a lot of eyes on you during your career, whether you realized it at the time or not, because of all the accolades and the records, a lot of people noticed you when we were paying attention to you. So did you ever feel pressure to be kind of like the star of your team or to even maintain a certain level of perfection? That was a really great question. I, if I think now, I'm like, no, absolutely not. I had so much fun. I did whatever I did. But honestly, looking back, I... I did have pressure, but I didn't, if that kind of makes sense. But a lot of the media was like, oh, I won one. And they're like, oh, are you going to do it again? And I'm like, I don't know. And then it was, um, oh, you did two. Are you going to do it a third time? And then it's like, I don't know. Like, how do you know? It's the judge's perspective on how you are performing. And I think every judge has a different perspective on all the athletes that are performing. And um, I was just uh, fortunate enough, and I, I would say now blessed enough to have them recognize when I did go to NCAA, I went with a teammate every single year. My freshman year was uh, Jennifer Van Outer, and then my sophomore, junior, and senior year was with actually my club teammate, Robin Ewing. And I mean, that's, it was just us two that went. So I think they kind of were like, whoa, I was set up though as well. I mean, I followed Alabama, Georgia, and Utah, the top teams that were going into NCAA and I followed their best girls. So that was an advantage for me as well. Yeah. With the 10 record, did you know, like, obviously nowadays, I feel like everyone makes a really big deal out of the 10 record, but back in your day, like, was that really a thing? Like, were people talking about that? Did you even know that you were like setting a record? That is such a, your questions, by the way, are phenomenal. I'm like, gosh, there's such like thought provoking. And for me to like really dive into a lot of my past of like how my emotion was when I was competing uh, for Kentucky, but I really don't think there was that big of an emphasis on it because there wasn't the media platforms that there are today. There was the NIL. SEC wasn't heavy on the gymnastics portion of, I mean, it was, I mean, SEC, it was basketball and it was Kentucky basketball. So I didn't really feel as much pressure, even though I did feel the pressure because there was still media that was questioning. And that would be like sometimes a devil's advocate and things like that. So I didn't personally feel like it was that much pressure, but I'm sure there was. Yeah. So with 28 tens, do you remember getting your first 10 or after so much time and getting so many times, do they all kind of just blur together? <laughs> you know, I think every 10, I can't specifically remember every single 10, but I do know, and it still does when I get an opportunity like this to talk about it, that it still does bring it like a joyful tear to my eye because when I was competing, there was compulsory and elite, I mean, compulsory and optional. Mm -hmm. So that to get that perfect 10 was 
jaw dropping. It didn't matter when you got it. Um, and now it's still similar, I believe, because even Suni Lee in that interview for the SEC interview, even she was like, when I got my first 10, it was unbelievable. I never knew how great it felt to get that. My first 10, though, I think I remember was I wasn't feeling well. I can't remember what meet it was, but I do remember my athletic trainer, John Moore, coming into my room and being like, I mean, are you going to compete or not? And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't feel like I can. And I tell you, he gave me such a great pep talk. He's like, just go out there and do what you do. He's like, Hanson, it's not, you don't have to do anything that you don't know how to do. He goes, just go out there and let your body do what it does. And I'm like, fine. Boom. <laughs> sure enough. I think that was my first 10 on vault. And um, yeah, it was like, whoa. I was like, what is happening here? Like, how did that happen? I feel so sick. <laughs> Secret to your success. Being sick. <laughs> I know it's true. It really is. But I think, you know, that is um testament to if you put your mind to it and you and you repetition, you have enough repetition in, then it is just automatic and you have to, you don't have to think about things. You can achieve greatness by not worrying about things because you know that your body can really do it, you know? So it's, it's kind of cool in that sense. Your records have really stood the test of time, which is honestly really impressive given the current climate of NCAA gymnastics and how loose scoring can be sometimes. We're talking, what, like 27 years and you still hold with Jamie Dancer that perfect 10 record, the three-time consecutive NCAA all-around champ, you still hold that. Are you surprised at all by that, that all these years later, we're still talking about you as, you know, one of the most iconic gymnasts of all time in the NCAA? I am. I am. I am like, I don't know. I said that three times. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, unfortunately, I didn't know that Jamie had tied my record of the 28 and that's even, when was that? I mean, she had to have tied it in 06, right? It was like early 2000s, I think. Yeah, I think it was. It was early 2000s. And then at that point, there wasn't that much media platforms either. So right. even thinking about that compared to now is like, whoa, like I would have known that because I know Jamie and it would have been fun just to like, you know, shoot the breeze with her about that and being like, what was it like for you? And I have reached out to her and I know that she's extremely busy, but um, we haven't been able to connect on that. But yeah, it's, it would have been, it would have been fun. But at that time, even when she tied that record, I was out of school for 10, well, six. Yeah. I was out of the school for like 10 years. So yeah. Yeah, nothing really that was known to me. So to hear it come back, it's always nice because I get like a text or I get a message or a call and being like my friends and people that are watching or even my athletes, because I still coach, even my athletes going, oh, I saw you, I saw your name pop up. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Thank you. Because that just means that they are proud to be associated with me and to like go what she coached me so yeah it's yeah. Really love that do you still watch college gymnastics do you tune in every weekend or kind of keep track of what's going on I follow I don't really tune in um the University of Denver here I'll go to their meets and I like supporting them I don't go all the time but 
gymnastics now is so clean and so it's so fun. Like everything is dynamic and everything is a show actually. Yeah. Where when I was doing it, it wasn't, there was only a few that did the show. So um, now it just seems like it is a, a huge production almost. And it's fun. It really is fun to watch, especially being um, part of the entertainment industry. It's it's just neat to be able to see that. So I usually follow Kentucky on Instagram and um, a couple of other teams like Alabama and Georgia. It's the people that I know from my era that are coaching, I follow them on Instagram and I kind of keep in touch with the whole process and what's going on that, that way. Okay. Can I ask your thoughts on Trinity Thomas? So that's what everyone's been talking about lately. She has regionals and nationals left, but she needs two more tens to pass you and Jamie's record. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's fantastic. You know, um, if it would have been my, my prime, I think I would feel a little different, but right now, I mean, 27 years, good on you. Like have fun with it. Enjoy it. She seems like she is just an outstanding person. I haven't um, had the opportunity to meet her, but she seems like she just loves the sport. It's just exciting. It's exciting to see something new and she does such a great job with it too. She does. She's incredible. So, and you kind of touched on this one earlier, but you competed at a time where the internet wasn't really a thing. Definitely not what it is nowadays. It's a completely different ball game. You know, they have to face criticism and opinions from complete outsiders, complete strangers, not only on their gymnastics and, you know, the scores that they get, but also things that are more personal. You know, people are paying attention to who they're following online, how they interact with people. They're having to deal with comments from people about, you know, their bodies and their appearance. So you were competing at a time where you didn't really have to deal with any of that. You know, people didn't have as much access to you and your mental space. And if they were going to say something to you, they had to say it to your face, not just over the internet. Right. So I guess... What is your take on that? Are you grateful to be from an era where, you know, you could do your gymnastics and not have to deal with, you know, criticism and opinions from people online? I would say absolutely. I think it is, it's really difficult to focus on what you need to focus on. I mean, as a college athlete, you're there for college. You're there for learning experience. You're not necessarily there only solely for the sport. That's a pro sport. Um, they can get sponsorships. They can do all these different kinds of different things that was never accessible to me. So I believe that I am grateful that I didn't have to experience the multimedia platforms that are going on now. But then again, I had my own trials and tribulations of things because they would write it in paper. So it was in the paper. Yes, it might be online now, but it was in the papers and it was in, you know, they like you said, Ashley, it was like you had to, they'd have to say it to your face. And sometimes that's a little bit more detrimental, you know? Yeah, so. right. Not that that makes it any better having them say it to your face, but. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it's a learning process. And for me, if I would have to go through something like that in college, I don't think I would have been able to manage my as well as I did, I wouldn't have been able to focus on anything really. Yeah. I think my brain would have been so scattered. I don't think kids do it now. I really don't. And I will call them kids at that point. Yeah. There's definitely pros and cons to uh, the social media world. That's for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure you two both experienced that. There's just so many things that um, they want to hear the positive, but they seem to want to stir up negative. My brain doesn't comprehend that. I just like seeing joy. I just like seeing the happiness that whatever you're doing is creating for you, you know? Yeah, I think on Twitter the other day, we like started a thread where we were like, we just need some positivity out here. So let's just talk about positive things like gymnasts that you love, moments that you love from the season. I mean, literally anything. Like, Let's just talk positive things because there's just so much negativity out there. And the athletes see it. And I think ultimately it affects yeah. them too in the mental space that they're in. So it's tough, I would imagine. Yeah, I would, I would say. So good for you ladies for doing that because people do need to hear more on that positive and and you know then you'll get criticism saying well you're just um candy coating it and you're just trying to make everything happy well yeah because there's too much nasty out there so why not i mean nobody really wants to hear how horrible things are people want to hear the positive and things they they need the downside of things so too but dang, there's, yeah. there's enough so, negativity as there is. Like we don't need to also intentionally create negativity. That's how I feel. <laughs> Period. So true. Yes. <laughs> I believe that too. So you made a comeback in 2011. You were in your late thirties. I think you were 38 if I remember correctly. Um, but what inspired that? What made you want to come back into gymnastics? So make it or break it, ABC family. I was stunt doubling for um, some of the actresses on there. And one of the, I think it was one of the finale seasons, either season two or season three. And they actually, um, Bella Caroli was on there and he was like, why aren't you on our national team, vault team? And I'm like, what? I'm like, whatever. And one of my girlfriends who is a a well-known stunt performer was like, Hanson, why you got to do this? And I'm like, no, I'm like, come on, Lucy. I'm like, whatever. And she goes, no, 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 really? You should really do this. And so I just started training again and I, that's how I got back into it. (laughs) But uh, gymnastics just for the show, I had two weeks to learn, was it a Ginger or it was a Jaeger? And they were like, do you think you can do it? I'm like, I hadn't done gymnastics in I don't know how many years. And I was like, well, sure, I'll give it a go. Let me see if I can get on. And sure enough, I started grabbing my Ginger or Jaeger, whichever one it was. And um, yeah, they kept me on from then on out. So it was pretty cool. Did you feel it in your body? Like, was your body really, really sore? Um, It was because I, I was deconditioned quite a bit. But yet at the same time, I think it was, it. I started training like every day, only for like an hour, maybe two hours. And it, it was a gradual increase. And then I, like I said um, before about the vault, I just ended up going, all right, I know how to do this skill. I just got to fine tune it and tweak it to be able to get to that point. And it was enough where I could do it on the show and for, I got to be able to perform it and it was fine. So I didn't really have too much residual effect of after I started doing it. Did you have like any goals for your comeback or was it mostly just having fun with the sport? I mean, I wanted to, once I started getting into it, I was like, well, yeah. I mean, if this is the case that I'm training for the Olympics, then let's go. I was full in Olympic level 
Um, you know, I changed my diet. I changed my workout programs. Um, and the workout program, I didn't actually just do gymnastics. I started bicycling. I started running a little bit because I'm not a runner. But um, and then I ended up started swimming. And in doing that, even when I didn't make the team, I was inspired to do a triathlon. So I just did a sprint, but I did two or three of them and it propelled me into something different. So it's in something that I had never done before. So it was, um, it's, it's pretty cool how things, how you progress and then you discover new, new things, new avenues and new abilities when you try something that you've been doing for quite some time. So by coming back to gymnastics all these years later, you were actually one of the few people who got to compete on the old vaulting horse, as well as the new vaulting table that they use today. So we had a Patreon supporter, Jasmine, ask your thoughts on both and which one you preferred. Oh, wow. Um, well, I, I prefer the old horse, which is a Palma horse, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and plus it was my favorite event. So I enjoyed both because on make it or break it. I mean, I had to, I learned, I relearned my Uchinko. I did a souk full. I did my handspring front, I did front with a half front full. I did a lot of my vaults that I did on the horse on the table, but it took a little bit because it had such a drastic edge on it that I couldn't get, I had to block. I had to learn how to block different. I had to learn how to get off of the board a little bit quicker. And, um, I couldn't, I couldn't float as much. It was just, it was just a different kind of feel, but I got used to both. They were, they were both really great. I think for the Uchinko, the table is, is definitely more beneficial, but yeah. Um, and that's what everybody's going to, but it's really fun to see the college athletes, um, college gymnasts actually doing hand front halves. And wow. cause who was it? I think she's a LSU gymnast that does this gorgeous hand front half. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's like laid out There's a little bit of a pike. And then she like pops it open. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> like that's pretty cool. Yeah, and that would be so, I would imagine, hard to do on the the old vaulting horse. I was actually surprised that you said that that was what you prefer, because I feel like that would be more scary. There's more, like, more room for error. Yeah, more room for error. I'd be so afraid that my hands would slip. I feel like the table feels more secure. You have a lot more space that you're working with. <laughs> it's true. I, I think that there is more space, but the neat thing about the old horse is, since it was long, you could come in. I don't know if you I'm going to do this because you can see it a little bit better you can come into the horse like at such an uh, odd angle like this and then you just pop off and your block is like amazing I think that's the only reason why I could do that hand front full back in the day was because I could put the board back a little bit further and then I could get in an angle where there was like this severe lip and um it honestly was was fantastic to be able to get a block. So what are you up to today? We'd love to hear about the work that you're doing. Um, You have your own business, Muscle Endeavors, if you want to tell us how you started that and I guess what it is that you do. Most definitely. Oh, I I love it. I really do. It's it's challenging because they're, okay, so Muscle Endeavors, 
it has been created through all of the experiences that I have done with my body. So if it is horseback riding, inline skating, um, swimming, diving, gymnastics, you name it, anything, the muscles were always involved, obviously, with whatever endeavor I was experiencing at the time. And um, so that's why I created Muscle Endeavors. The base of it is uh, muscle activation techniques. So it's a technique that was created by, or his name is Greg Roscoff, and he's here actually in Colorado. He was discovering that like a lot of his techniques that he was learning in his career were like were were good but they weren't to the level that he thought that athletes should get and so then he created this technique which is involves muscle testing and at certain angle forces and he's incorporated a lot of different techniques but his is very rare um and that's that's what I do so I've been working with athletes I've been working with weekend athletes I've been working with my parents who are 90 who my dad has had two back fusions and I've worked with mom who's had four knee replacements um, because surgeries went bad. So, and she's 86. So it's really cool how the, the technique isn't just specifically for athletes or specifically for um, older people. It's, it's for anybody, anybody who wants to be at a level of feeling good and being able to um, expand their athleticism or just experience life of walking up the stairs or walking down the stairs without pain. Do you have any goals for your business mm-hmm. going forward? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, yeah, actually, I just expanded. Um, I was, I'm here in Golden, Colorado, and I have a um, an office space here. And then the gym center that I am working at, so I coach um, Excel girls, but um, they just, the gym center has bought a athletic club. And so they're incorporating the gymnastics into the athletic club. So I am expanding um, next month. I will be up in Evergreen and in Golden. And my one of my biggest goals is to actually get MAT um, into gyms, gymnastics centers, and like other athletic clubs. And I would just like to get MAT, MAT into gymnastics clubs and other athletic clubs and, and kind of start that boom of understanding that along with physical therapy and another company that I'm kind of working with is Kinesics right now, um, Kinesics Health. And just trying to do that, that's kind of a, a huge goal of mine right now. And you said you're coaching. Um, how long have you been coaching for? Um, here in Colorado, May, it'll be two years, but I've been coaching since college. So okay. 30 plus 30 plus years I've been coaching, but I was out in California for at least 20 years, 15 years or something like that, um, coaching Excel. So when Excel started, I think I started coaching that group probably two years after it started within the gymnastics world. 
and I've been coaching ever since. So I love that program. I really do. I think it's evolved and I had, it has um, given opportunities to young ladies that may not have the experience in jail program. And now they're experiencing such a, a wonder, the wonderful sport of gymnastics and not really having that much pressure to be able to go, you need to make college or you need to do this or mm-hmm. however it was. So yeah, Excel is a really cool program. And then our last question is, what is the number one thing on your bucket list? Number one thing on my bucket list. Hmm. I guess I could say um, whitewater rafting down the um, Grand Canyon, but I'm going to do that this year. So eh, for my 50th, so that'll be really cool, but maybe still be able to do like I just the other day, I think it was about two weeks ago. um, I did a back handspring layout on beam and a punch front on beam. And I'm like, "Eh." so to still be able to do stuff like that when I'm, I don't know. 60 70 maybe answering out when I'm 70 but at least be able to do like some fun things like that yeah hey you can make your guys you can make another comeback I was gonna say (laughs) I'll do it at the I think there is lamb well it's isn't it n-a-i-g-a or n-a-i-g yeah n-a-i-g-a right um there's the adult gymnastics right oh yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, you guys were in unison. Oh, but yeah, the gymnastics is kind of a cool thing. So hmm, who knows? I mean, we've got at our gym, we've got um, four competing at the nationals this year. And yeah, I think it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, why not? I, my, that's been around forever. It's not like it's a new thing. My dad used to do it. Um, His friend who just passed away at, I think it was 89, 87. He was still doing gymnastics, swinging rings, wow. P bars. And I think he did it like a little bit of a floor routine. But I mean, it's not like it's a new thing. Been around for a really long time, but it's yeah. pretty cool to be able to um, just kind of stay active, you know? Yeah. I was never yeah. a gymnast, so I can't do any any flips, anything like that. But if I could, if I was like 70 years old, I'd probably still be doing it. <laughs> it's the coolest <laughs> skill to be able to have. Yeah. Well, you know, there is adult gymnastics. So you, I'm sure, are you guys in Connecticut, you said? No, no. we're in Michigan. Michigan. Okay. So I'm sure there's an adult gymnastics somewhere in Michigan. Oh, yeah. I can almost guarantee. If you want me to seek it out, I'll find it for you guys. <laughs> make, make the referral. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so funny. I love how these podcasts like bring people together. Yeah, like yeah. I would never have met you if it wouldn't have been for for you reaching out or talking about it and doing things like that. So, and even doing a podcast. So, thank you for having me on here and reaching out because that's really cool. I mean. Michigan to Colorado it's like so the number one thing on my bucket list is to travel to all 50 states and Colorado is somewhere that I've never been so (laughs) when we come to the area we'll have to let you know (laughs) oh my gosh please do it is so fun out here it is growing up in Wisconsin and then going to Kentucky and um, living out in LA I also lived in North Dakota I lived in Florida I lived in Texas I lived 
I mean, Ohio, I've lived a lot of places, but it's just Colorado. There's just something about it, about the mountains and the rivers and the, there's so many lakes, but it is, it's still pretty neat. Out of all the places you've lived, what's your favorite place that you've lived? Here. Yeah. I mean, of course, Wisconsin, Minnesota, because that's where I grew up and that's where my heart is. But um, well, I mean, here right now, because this is where I am thriving and um, my businesses and things, but gosh, every, every state that I've lived in, I've had, I really have had wonderful experiences. I can't say that any experience, I mean, I worked on the pipelines in North Dakota and I worked on a farm in North Dakota. And so the, even though it's a very extreme flat land, there's so beauty to it from the, the crops that are grown there to um, the industry that has boomed out there as well. But the people, I mean, it really is, it's who you found yourself with is how you interpret the land and the space that you live in. And I think every place that I've lived, I've, I've enjoyed, but I've needed to move on now as well. <laughs> we want to say thank you so much, Jen, for giving us a piece of your time. It was such an honor to speak with you and we hope to see you sometime in Colorado. Also, we want to say a big thank you to our Gold Level Patreon supporters for helping to make this podcast possible. So a big thank you to Amy M, Emily B, Kathleen R, Lucy S, Becca S, DFP, Blake B, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, Erica S, Milan W, M, Derek H, Abby M, Martin, and Jasmine C. Next week is regionals, so competition starts on Wednesday with the playing rounds, and then it goes through the weekend, so we will be going to our gym mom Amy's house for a little watch party, and then we will be back the following week to share our thoughts and, of course, preview the NCAA championships that are coming up within two weeks. We will also have a link to Inside Gymnastics website in our bio. They have a full schedule with times and links to where you can watch each regional um, that Ashley put together. So that'll be in the show notes down below as well. We hope that you guys have an amazing week. We hope you enjoy all the competitions and we will talk to you real soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.